What is up, everybody? This is Aaron Meta of the Aaron Meta Show. It is the 24th of June of 2019. Uh, apologies for the lateness of this episode. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we've had a lot of uh, technical issues uh, currently happening with the show. And uh, it's also, there's um, what I'm about to tell you is also part of the reason why uh, the quality of the show is uh, not really up to scratch as uh, the other uh, sh- episodes of the show have been. So uh, I'll let everybody know right this right now. Um, I'm actually broadcasting for what will be our new studio. Yeah, that is right. And so we have actually moved uh, from uh, the small little place uh, upstairs and we actually moved down to a bigger location uh, down here in uh, on the ground floor. And so I uh, just want to let you guys know that uh, soon. Uh, right now, there's going to be a little of, a bit of, uh, you know, amateurish kind of like production of the show and uh, which is going to be kind of like noticeable uh, today, but so uh, within this episode, but uh, I just want to let you guys know that uh, this is all part of a new changing pr- uh, process for us, and so uh, sooner or later we're going to basically be improving the sound. We're going to be basically doing different things with the show, and uh, eventually, slowly but surely, I want to g- move to making the show uh, a lot better than it is now. And so uh, there's a lot of production currently going on behind the scenes, both technical wise and also. Um, you know, production-wise as well. So uh, just uh, bear with us, guys, and, uh, you know, thank you very much for uh, listening if you are, and because, uh, uh, you know, we do, while this, all this excitement is currently going on right now of uh, moving from one place to another, and uh, there is still uh, a lot of stuff currently going out there in the world that we definitely need to talk about. So uh, that's all really cool. And uh, so uh, for those of you who are tuning in and uh, putting up for this for now, you know, I really do appreciate it. So uh, thank you very much for checking out the show today. Um, coming up on the show, uh, we're going to talk about the Mark Field incident and uh, the uh, his uh, currently r- roughing up of a Greenpeace activist. We're going to talk about that. Um, what the fuck is a leftist or liberal? Uh, that's what someone's asking on Twitter. We're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, some Boris Johnson news, uh, some Trump supporter craziness, uh, also a... Um, uh, grandmother says she was so scared uh, about that something needs to be done by ni- with knife crime that was on a BBC uh, Question Time show. Uh, Frozen 2, Trolls, Pixar, and even Kel Mitchell himself uh, with uh, a Good Burger news uh, coming up. So definitely got some interesting things to talk about. So you, thank you very much for checking out the show. You are listening to The Arrow Matter Show here on Liberated Syndication, broadcasting on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Pocketcast, uh, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, uh, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, and also Radio.com and various other places you can check out as well. So, and by the way, if you actually find a place where you find The Arrow Matter Show, uh, please tweet it at us. It's at Arrow Matter Show, or if you are on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Arrow Matter Show. If you're listening on Tumblr, it's uh, arrowmatter.tumblr.com, and you can also find us on instagram which is also at aaron meta show which is a-r-u-n-m-e-h-t-a-s-h-o-w so let's begin this show with basically people who think they're too big for their boots and people who think that uh, they can just get away with absolutely anything so uh, this story first starts off at mansion house uh some greenpeace activists uh, move in and uh, you know there's obviously going to be questions about uh, the security of the venue, um, why what was allowed to take place was allowed to take place, I'm sure. All of those are going to be legitimate questions for the security detail at Imagine House. But uh, this is a moment which I believe um, was a really sour and a very, um, you know, a very sobering moment, I think, if to when you really think about what happened in this incident. And a kind of a separation of the normal average guy on the street, uh, you and I, the person who works the 9-to-5 job, the person who's currently struggling to find work at the moment, and a shout out to all those people right now, because I definitely sympathize with those people uh, during, after the 2008 financial crisis, but, uh, uh, you know, and the separation of those people from the political class, the political elite that exist in this country. So, going back to the Greenpeace activists, they're just protesting about, um, you know, what Greenpeace protests about, you know, the environment and uh, uh, obviously their cause and uh, trying to raise as much awareness as possible to us, basically a very uh, group of wealthy people who hold a lot of power here in this country. And so, uh, you know, it makes sense to target it for an event uh, and to do a protest like this. So, um, one of the women... Um, who goes around the table of uh, of these group of people, uh, goes around to a far end of the corner. Now, keep this in mind. 
um, the Chancellor and the Governor of the Bank of England are in this room. And so what happens is, is that she goes around and she, right now, you can see the full video. It's up on my Twitter page, at our Meta show. I, I, I retweeted it from uh, somebody else. She goes around the room. And at this point, you know, the right-wing media machine and the retweet keyboard army go and say, oh, well, she's definitely after the Chancellor. She's definitely after the Bank of England. She might have a gun. She might have poison. She might have, you know, acid. She might have something else. But if you look at the video, she's nowhere near these people. She's going around the corner and actually moving, if anything, just not really moving all that closer to them. Like, you know, if, you, if you're moving a golf ball... You know, around that area, You'd, you know, if you if it was the, if you declared it unplayable, it would still, you know, be nowhere near the flag. <laughs> if 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 you if any golfer who's currently listening gets catches my drift, so she moves around. Enter Mark Field, member of Parliament for a constituency down south. Um, he moves up, and unprovoked, unprovokingly decides, I'm going to grab this woman by the neck, throw her into the pillar. And then drag her out by the back of her neck and, you know, um, do, does this and moves her all the way over to the door. And he thinks he has the right to do that. Purely on the, on the thought that, oh, hey, she might be some kind of threat. When really, in reality, she was a threat to nobody. She was uh, a woman in a very, in a, in a short dress and with a, sa- with, a, with a sachet, which made her look like a suffragette. And, you know, which makes everything that I'm about to speak now just in even more worse. So, Mark Field, for those of you who do not know, was, at that time, uh, quite a, a big player in the, in the in the Foreign Office. And also was a part of the international development and also worked with uh, developed nations. And has tweeted constantly <laughs> about the fact that women don't have, around the world, don't have as much rights over, um, you know, being, and basically have not been heard in some developing nations. And so, you know, he makes those tweets, you know, not very long ago. We're talking about like a month, maybe a couple of months ago. And, you know, he's been talking about this for a a good long while in his post. And that, by the way, he's no longer in his post, by the way. So he's, uh, he's definitely gone from that. So I guess, you know, maybe that's uh, Theresa May's, you know, uh, milk toast, uh, you know, parting gift, I think, to us. You know, not very much of a parting gift, really. Like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people like Mark Field uh, in the Conservative Party who don't deserve jobs in our, in our government, as far as I'm concerned. But that's, that's for a topic for another time. Mark Field um, disgraces himself. Pretty much. And, uh, you know, but here's the thing about this. You know, the right wing, the Twitter sphere, uh, who decide that, oh, hey, um, oh, no, um, he needs to be defended and that, uh, you know, you should have the right to apparently assault someone for no reason. Um, you know, there was no threat. There was no credible threat, as far as we're concerned. I mean, obviously, there's... Uh, Going to be questions asked about how some Greenpeace activists, you know, got in there, and security detail will no doubt be uh, talked about that. But this is not this conversation. This conversation is about this MP who thought he had every single right to grab this woman by the neck, throw her into a pillar, and then throw about, then obviously throw, grab her, keep grabbing her by the neck. You know, she could have been injured in that whole situation. As we were saying, oh no, she won't be injured by that. You know, keep this in mind. It only takes one punch to kill a person. You know, they you punch somebody, they throw, they fall to the ground, they hit their head, and then and they bleed, have a bleed in the brain, and then they die. You know, who knows what harm? I mean, and also on top of that as well, like this, you know, we don't know the medical history of this um, of this Greenpeace activist. And I do forgive me, I do I do forget a name. You know, Mark Field in this situation could actually have been very lucky. You know, if he'd uh, if this person had had like some kind of fragile bone uh, um, condition, and he, he'd grabbed her by the neck and threw her into the into the pillar, I guarantee you this: um, the um, if she had broken a bone, if she'd broken a rib, if uh, she'd had sustained some kind of like you know neck injury or something like that, you know, not only would he be liable for you know any damages that uh, resulted in that, he could have been in serious trouble with the not to say he wouldn't be in serious trouble with the police if the police decided to act, you know. Any, any anytime soon, but you know it's um, this could have been far more serious for him. So I guess him losing his job, uh, you know, in, in regards to that and being suspended from from what I gather as well. Like I think that's the I think that's the least that could have happened to him. I think if this turned out into uh, to be 
uh, a completely different situation. You know, who knows what we would have walked into in that regard. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, um, Mark Field should consider himself lucky. That's 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 the least that is the worst that's happened to him so far. And, you know, who know? I mean, as far as I'm aware, as of this podcast, I don't know if anything worse is going to happen to him. And uh, you know, I think uh, so as long as the uh, you know this this actor, by the way, he's not going to press charges. From what I gather, she's uh, obviously does not want the um, that you know as far as she's concerned, you know the Conservative Party can. She said this as well in an interview with the BBC that um, the Conservative Party can argue can you know organise themselves and that she's only caring caring about you know environmental issues. So. Uh, I guess that means that uh, there's going to be no further action in regards to this. But, uh, you know, here's the thing about this. Unfortunately, the Conservative Party do not learn their lesson. And, uh, you know, we're now, even though he's been sacked twice, you know, Boris Johnson now is not very far away from becoming the next uh, leader of the Conservative Party and the next Prime Minister of this country. So, uh, I mean, unfortunately, with this horrendous, you know, party that uh, has, uh, you know, brought in all this horrendous austerity and this horrendous... Um, governorship that uh, and this horrendous example that is set for uh, you know uh, for running the government. I think we can definitely say that Mark. We've probably maybe not have seen the last of Mark Field, unfortunately. And uh, with the Conservative Party, there's always seems to become some kind of crazy uh, way of basically coming back. And uh, so that's that. But uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he has no reason to be in politics anymore. As far as I'm concerned, you know, he's made a complete utter disgrace of himself. And uh, let's hope that uh, if this is the last of him, let's hope this is the last we see of him. As far as I'm concerned, he doesn't belong back in any any government. As far as I'm concerned, after the uh, stunt that he's pulled. And you know, here's the thing about this: you can see the anger in his eyes. You know, it was uh, you. You wonder what possessed him at that point. You think some kind of poltergeist did, like you know, possess his body, and he decided to randomly start attacking people. Like, you know, it's just, it's like, you know, it's, uh, I can't believe that he, you know, maybe I could, should probably believe, you know, maybe it's me, me too, being too gullible to say that. But, uh, you know, the fact that um, someone like Mark Field and the fact that someone like, uh, um, you know, someone like that thinks he has every right to manhandle somebody in this horrendous way, as far as I'm concerned, uh, any punishment that he got, I mean, that's the least that he he got. But if he gets any more, then quite frankly, he's far. Des- I think he's quite deserving of it, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, moving on. Uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, I've said this numerous times. You know, Twitter is uh, twitter.com forward slash Arrowmeta Show, and I always retweet things as well. This is a retweet I got from. Uh, I decided to put up from uh, T1JJ, uh, the one janitor. Uh, tweets about politics, YouTube videos, games, and pro wrestling, and uh, so uh, he also uh, does. Uh, maybe he also does cosplays as well. Picked by co- oh no, he doesn't do cosplays. <laughs> I don't know why. I just put that. Up. I just uh, misread something in his profile. But uh, anyway, he tweeted this, and uh, I felt like it was an important topic to to cover. So let me just uh, tell you, everyone, if, anyone who's not seen my Twitter feed, let me tell you what he said. So the, the one janitor said, "I don't know what the fuck." A leftist, quote-unquote, or a liberal, quote-unquote, is... And every time I have a conversation about it, it define, people define it differently. Uh, this happens every la- This happens with every label. I'm sure why I expected it any different. Anyway, I'm super hesitant to have conversations regarding that anymore. So... And he actually does continue. And I've got to be honest with you, I didn't actually read this part of the tweet. But uh, I just want to make this the world better. I don't give a fuck about your ideology. If you have some idea that makes sense, let's try it. If you're here to shove your ideology down people's throats, I'm not interested. And here's the thing about this. Like, um, I'm kind of the same as well. Like, uh, people are going to find this quite crazy when they listen to this show. But uh, actually, uh, you know, in regards to the... Let's say for the argument of Brexit, for example... I don't particularly re- uh, identify with this whole, you know, Remainer FPBE movement uh, that uh, currently exists. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I think you know the Remain, the, at least the mainstream Remain movement, I think is far too forgiving. I think of the current European Commission and the European Union as a whole. I think the fact that it's hold, you know, there are some aspects of the EU that are holding back other nations. And uh, we've seen this all play out in Greece. We've seen it all play out in uh, Portugal. We've seen it all play out in uh, other southern European countries. And uh, they've had political consequences. You know, Salvini right now is, uh, you know, in a correlation with the Five Star Movement in regards to uh, uh, running Italy and uh, quite frankly running it quite badly from the looks of things. But, you know, in regards to, um, you know, um, the EU itself. The EU in itself is uh, not perfect. And I would actually consider, I was looking really for 
uh, a reason to kind of maybe support Brexit in a way. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, when it came to the common sense, when it came to the bread and butter uh, of the situation, at least for, at least regards to the important issues I believe are important, you know, um, looking after our, our autistic people, um, doing, you know, great things in society and, uh, you know, promoting unity and things like that, you know, um, the Bre- you know, Leave and the Brexit Party and the UKIP and various other ones have done nothing, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely nothing to, uh, you know, reach out to the other side and actually kind of bridge these gaps. They basically just said, oh, well, we've got our Brexit now, and therefore you should do what we say, and therefore we won the uh, referendum, which was only run by, you know, at least about 4% in, in it, if anything. And, uh, you know, we should completely ignore, you know, the the other half of this country, and uh, we should basically just do what we want, which is basically what we'll, 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 you know, then you ask them basically what that is, and then you get 12 completely different answers from 12 completely different people. Pretty much, you know, this is the thing about Brexit, I think, uh, and this is the reason why I ended up being a Remainer, well, I guess you could say, you know, being in Remain by default, really, and not really kind of feeling enthusiastically re- remaining. you know, I'm not an enthusiastic Remainiac, if you, if you will. Like, for me, like, the reason why I end up on Remain is because some of the things that I say, you know, like... Uh, you know, looking after the most vulnerable people in our society, and uh, which you know this, this, which our government does not do, and uh, you know, uh, as far as you know, I, I should tell a personal story about this. A, a lot of the, um, you know, job opportunities that I got, uh, you know, in the beginning to, uh, to kickstart my IT career did come from uh, EU initiatives, and so for me, you know, the, it was a no-brainer at the time that the EU was going to be, um, you know, it was going to get my support by default because I felt like, you know, the Leave campaign, and I feel like, you know, the Brexiteers, even to this day, offer me nothing. Absolutely nothing. They offer me, you know, the fact that my bananas will no longer be bendy, and, well, as you know, my you know my bananas will be a particular shape, and I'll have blue passports. That That's about it. And who gives a shit about that? Definitely not me. So, I mean, going back to the point of the... that Basically, what I'm saying is is that, look, you know, I don't particularly care if you're a, a Remainer. I don't really care if you're a Brexiteer. I just think that if you have, you know, good ideas uh, behind, you know, what you say and uh, you think that it's going to be beneficial for the, uh, the society as a whole, then, hey, I'm all ears. You know, I don't particularly think that, uh, you know, just because you're either a member of the Labour Party or a member of the Conservative Party or a member of the Liberal Democrats... You know, um, I've met all sorts of people from all sorts of uh, political backgrounds that have, uh, you know, um, wanted to, uh, you know, campaign for autistic rights and things like that. So, um, and also on top of that as well, like, I don't think, you know, I think the the big unfair thing about uh, certain issues is that uh, definitely on issues like, you know, maybe like abortion, for example, like, you know, every, every abortion is a, you know, religious right winger, like, you know, no, there are actually people on the left who actually do not like abortion either, and uh, who actually want to go through another path, you know, I myself, I would consider myself uh, someone who is not a fan of abortion, and is not a supporter necessarily of, uh, you know, someone going through uh, an abortion, if there's a way we can avoid, you know, getting into that situation through, you know, uh, uh, you know, promoting, you know, stopping women from becoming, uh, you know, pregnant, you know, uh, unexpectedly, and uh, if there's a way that we can, you know, help out, you know, if someone doesn't want to go through an abortion and uh, would, uh, you know, if, if there's a, because of, you know, finan- because of finan- through financial restraints, they can't make that option, you know, I think if, um, if we had, if we had the tools to, uh, you know, not ban abortion, but I think if we have the, the tools to, you know, limit, abo- you know, make abortion, you know, a, an ultimate last resort. And here's the thing about this. I'm sure there's a lot of women who, um, you know, do do agonize over the question of uh, of abortion. And uh, I don't get me wrong. I know there's some women out there, too, who also think that you make things a sensible decision to make and obviously don't have any regrets about it and, you know, but all power to them. But, you know, I think we should get into a situation, at least in my opinion, where I do sympathize somewhere with a pro-life movement where if we can, you know, get to the point where, you know, women are having less abortions, but, uh, you know, through a common sense approach and not a, you know, an authoritarian, you know, kind of fascist approach. I think that's unfortunately some pro-lifers have fallen into the trap of and uh, coming across as very authoritarian, very anti-woman. I think if we can get away from that, you know, I think uh, we can, uh, you know, we can make some progress on this uh on this on this issue and so you know for me like uh, so that, that's not me being pro-choice by the way that's me me feeling that uh, you know um and also it's not me being kind of pro-life either i think i see some you know some positives i think in uh 
in in both sides you know even though i sort of kind of like i consider myself a kind of a soft pro-lifer i guess you could say but it's also not you know someone who uh, feels that you know my uh, you know my views and uh, my you know just because i believe in something that means that someone else should believe that too like you know it's like uh, hey this podcast for example like you know you don't have everything if you take everything i say here on this podcast as gospel then, you know, I would kind of worry about that. I would rather people who listen to my show actually also think for themselves and have their own opinions and, you know, are not afraid to disagree with me, but also not afraid to agree with me either. So I really hope that you, when you listen to my show and you, um, you know, you listen to what I have to say, that uh, you have uh, a different opinion on it because, hey, I'd love to hear it, you know, and so because the best way I learn about you guys is that if you tell me what you think, and, uh, you know, don't don't get me wrong, like, uh, there are times where, you know, you can see me on Twitter, I usually get quite feisty with some people, and, uh, you know, because I feel like what they said is either, you know, not really meaningfully engaging me in a in a sensible debate, they're just basically just there to basically just, you know, uh, you know either piss me off or... Uh, you know, just, uh, just basically just uh, have a, you know, just have a little laugh on, uh, you know, for all their followers and not really get engaged with me in a sensible discussion. And so, you know, it's like, if anything, like, there's the thing about this. This goes back to, well, you know, the kind of the first line of this tweet that uh, we talked about at the very beginning, which is like, you know, what the fuck is a leftist and what the fuck is a liberal? Well, you know, you ask, you know, the MAGA crowd and you ask, you know, um, uh, other people who are on the right who have no, no fucking clue what they're talking about. Well, they don't know either. Pretty much, you know, it's uh, they can't seem to tell the difference between someone who is, uh, you know, heavily embraced in socialism and uh, you know has like a very, so- you know, has some kind of like really weird, you know, kind of like fetish for like the Soviet Union, even though it was responsible for the deaths of millions of people, and uh, then they can't seem to tell the difference between that person and you know someone who, you know, is a liberal and believes that there are benefits to both capitalism and socialism, and uh, you know meets in some kind of like you know medium of where we take the good ideas of uh, ideologies and we put them together and uh, we live harmoniously i like to believe and uh, you know that's the reason why i somewhat kind of like you know lean more towards centrism more than i kind of do towards you know like the left or to uh you know a particular type of liberalism so uh i think uh, and this is the thing about this he says that about labels and uh, this happens with every label, and that is true. Like you know, when someone when someone puts a label on you, they put a you know a negative connotation. There's someone out there that's going to put a negative connotation towards it. You know, that's the reason why I don't accept that. So, you know, people are going to say, "Oh, I'm just some some remainer," because you know, it, you know, I'm sorry to keep harping back to Brexit, but uh, you know, because I don't particularly believe the whole you know remain doctrine that you know that the EU is this kind of like this perfect utopia and that say we'll all be happy within it. Because no, we won't. You know, Article 19, you know, is a is a is a great example of that. I'm very worried about what Article 19 would uh, bring and uh, what uh, that would do to our, you know, do to the internet. And uh, so, and also, I think the fact that uh, you know um, European politicians, I think, are also very guilty of being um, very, um, you know, excluded. I think from the like, not say our, our, our own politicians aren't guilty of this as well, and uh, our own MEPs, I think, are also guilty of this as well. I think that many politicians, unfortunately, and this is a general thing that seems to be going not just in the EU and not just in our country, but seems to be across the board that there seems to be this, you know, massive gulf between, um, you know, the 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 average Joe in the street and the guy who's supposed to be representing them. And uh, if you can't see that, then, you know, I would really question, you know, why can't you see that, as far as I'm concerned, so, uh, but I agree with the janitor, for, you know, the average guy, you know, <laughs> on, the, on the street, I say, like, you know, um, everyone is super sensitive to have these conversations regarding, you know, the these things, and look, you know, I don't understand why we can't have uh, a conversation about something and saying, hey, you know, oh, um, all, 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 you know, all people are this or all people are that, and uh, you know, hey, maybe they might, maybe I might be hypocritical in saying that, and maybe I maybe need to learn a lesson from that. You know, I'm not saying that I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at myself. You know, like everyone knows how competitive I've been. You know, if you've been listening to like me for like not just with the time when I've been liber- liberated syndication, but there's that you know when I was with you know back in the days of North Manchester FM and uh, you know Fuse FM and uh, you know all the other Manchester radio stations I used to be on. Anyone who knows that from me knows how competitive I can be in regards to arguing for my side. And so you know, it's like uh, so as far as I'm concerned, you know, hey, I'm welcome the idea of just having a discussion. You know, I'm not again. I don't want to have like Dave Rubin levels of dis- of discussion. You know, or uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Rave Dubin, I think as they now call him, uh, you know, is in, in mocking terms. 
But uh, I mean, th- th- those types of shows, you know, don't re- you don't really learn anything. If anything, it's just just you just sitting there, you know, listening to the same, you know, talking points you probably would get, you know, on Fox News or uh, you know some of the other, you know, uh, is you know um, shows that just lean so horrifically to the right. You know, so it's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, those type of discussions don't really help. I'd rather sit in a room, maybe with Dave Rubin and a few other people, where ideas can be actually able to bounce off, pretty much. You know, it's like, you know, uh, here's the thing, like, you know, you watch that Rubin Report show, you know, when's, when when do you see Sam Cedar on that show? Uh, when are you going to see David Bachman on that show? Maybe David Bachman's already been on and I've not known about it, so if anyone there wants to tell me that that's actually happened, then hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all willing to be wrong on that. But as far as I'm concerned, like, we seem to have a lot of shows um, that seem to lean one way or the other, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, don't know how, like, you know, different people, like, sat in a room and just talking about the ideas. But um, as we were going to argue with me with some, one of the other segments I'm going to talk about on this show, there is that show, but uh, I think uh, I would probably have huge de- uh, debate about that, but that's later on in the program. So... Uh, Brendan Daly is a Trump supporter, and he has a significant following, and uh, he told everybody this in one of his updates online, this pretty worrying thing, and, uh, you know, I think we should probably listen to the 20-minute clip that's on here, and uh, basically just... uh, Give him, uh, you know, maybe it's used to hear what he had to say in this, uh, in regards to how um, the Trump rule of getting people real, getting Donald Trump reelected. So for those, so basically the background of this, Donald Trump uh, going for re-election, and uh, this is basically what some of their more rabid supporters are basically saying online in regard to it. And let me just see if we can get this working. So, uh, so sorry about this, everybody. That this is, uh, you know, as I said before, you know, we got some pretty. Um, uh, amateurish production currently going on here, but uh, let me just see if I can get this to play and uh, we'll then discuss. Trump 2020. What's our strategy, guys? First rule of Trump 2020. Controlling the media. How do we do it? It doesn't have to be true. It just has to go viral. We're destroying them at their own game. Like, Dilly, is that... Where did you hear about that? I don't know. I made that up. You're a liar? Eh, for now. Um, no. It doesn't make you a liar for now. You're a liar if you're making shit up and making it go viral. Here's the thing about this. Like, now, you know, let's say Brandon Daly's idea, let's say all the Trump supporters, every single Trump supporter takes that on board. They no longer hold the position that everyone else around them is fake news. They're the ones who are the ones that are promoting the fake news. Let's say, um, you know, that's their, that's their first rule that, that they do. Like, you know, the whole thing falls apart. If anything, you know, and if everyone is wise to this as well, like, you know, the Trump's re-election campaign would fall flat on its face right on... It would be dead or on arrival. It would only be the fact that the Democrats put it once again, put up another shitty candidate, which is the reason why we're stuck with Trump... Why the, in the United States of America and the world is stuck with Donald Trump for another four years. But now, you know, the mask has slipped here once again. Like, you know, their most rabid supporters, the people who um, are claiming to be the people who want to drain the swamp, the people who claim that they want to be the ones who want to see truth return to politics, the people who want to, uh, you know, see some kind of accountability in, in that. You know, here's the thing about this, you know, uh, Donald Trump has now been accused of so many things and has lied about so many things and has seemed to have looked like to lead to be getting away with it if, uh, you know, the, the Democrats decided to, show, you know, decided to stand Joe Biden again or some kind of hang off the uh, of the Obama administration, which people were fed up with in the first place. You know, if they, if they end up in that kind of situation, you know... Um, uh, the Democrats, and, you know, Donald Trump's going to walk in, and you know, you know what happens then? Those Trump supporters who lied about everything that on social media, the people who lied about all the stories and uh, made to make them go viral to get this guy reelected for their own selfish means, you know, they win. And you know, guess what? You will lose because then you find that your country isn't getting any better. If anything, the economy gets worse. Um, you know, the nation gets divided. And uh, the, um, you know, all sorts of worse, you know, terrible things happen after that. And, uh, you know, and all because, you know, the Trump supporters decide to turn around and lie to you. 
And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like, th- this shit needs to stop. As far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, uh, Brandon Daly should really you know, look himself in the mirror at some point And actually look about what the fuck he's doing. It's like, oh yeah, let's, let's lie like all the rest of them. Well, that makes you like the rest of them. You aren't be you aren't draining the swamp. You're becoming the swamp. You stupid motherfucker. And he sits there with like all this Trump memorabilia, and it's like, dude, you know, you've learned nothing, man. All these people, like, you know, on top of that as well, like, you know, he sits there and smiles. You know, what we've got, co- we've got a con- we've got concentration camps at the border, pretty much. And no, we're not talking about Auschwitz. We're not talking about you know those. Types of concentration camps. The, the idea of a concentration camp was the control of people, and uh, you know the suppression of people. You know uh, the ex- more you know the uh, exterminate you know the extermination camps that we saw was the most extreme end of it. But you know, like if you look at the Japanese internment camps, for example, like you know that uh, um, you know that 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 being talked about online, you know, and also you know in history books as well. Like, uh, that's more what they're kind of talking about at this page. Yeah, here's the thing, like, you know, these these poor people who are, esca- who are escaping a desperate situation and then coming to the United States of America expecting freedom. And what do they get? They get a aluminium blanket and a cage and a, and, a, and a hard concrete floor. That's not freedom. It's not who America is. America's better than that. But no, like, uh, this guy uh, is going to keep that going. And, uh, you know, uh, then also to make sure that, uh, you know, that keeps going, they're going to lie for this guy. Like, you know, it's just, it's uh, it's an abusive relationship that uh, Trump has with his supporters. He's, you know, lying to them. He's getting them to lie for him. Pretty much. And, uh, you know, I'm really surprised he didn't l- listen to his... That 20-second clip over and over and over again and didn't realize the hypocrisy in what he said. It's amazing. Moving on, um, we still stay in America, and, uh, you know, Right Wing Watch give me uh, all sorts of uh, golden things to uh, to look at, and uh, this is also another one. And this is uh, from the Jim Baker show. Now, Jim Baker is this evangelical, um, I, I think he's some kind of priest, I'd imagine, unless he's some kind of, like, religious broadcaster. And here he is, um, and I'm going to play this 52-second uh, clip of his show. And he's basically saying, uh, you know, uh, about the about Trump being not re-elected. And this is what he had to say about that particular scenario. I'm going to say something I probably shouldn't say, but I'm going to say it anyhow. Oh boy. Because what's coming next, if we keep losing, you're going to see the leaders of the church and the leaders of the gospel and the political conservative leaders that are powerful, you're going to see them suddenly die, mm. suddenly killed. Mm. Suddenly, as they were driving, suddenly, as they were in a boat, suddenly, mm. in an airplane, you're going to see one after. God spoke to me this years ago what would happen near the end. And I believe we're in that time. They're so desperate. This is life and death. This is the hatred of murder is, is in, the, in the country. I'm going to say something. I don't believe that for one fucking minute. You know, Jim Baker says, oh, he spoke with God and God told him. That apparently, if Trump is not re-elected, apparently a lot of people are going to die. It really de- well. Here's the thing: it really depends on who you know the Democrats put up forward. I mean, if they're going to put up someone who's a warmonger and uh, wants to, uh, you know, continue the war in Yemen and uh, wants to continue doing, uh, you know, empire, you know, expansion pretty much across the uh, the Middle East and uh, pretty much again anywhere else in uh, across the world. I mean, uh, that's the reason why I was so worried about Hillary, because, you know, again, like, in regards to foreign policy, I didn't think there was going to be all that much difference. I mean, I, the only different thing I can say about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump is that, uh, you know, I knew after the fire and fury, I thought, oh, hey, this is going to get pretty serious with uh, North Korea. But, so, you know, as far as Hillary Clinton's concerned, I believe if she was elected president of the United States, I think we'd be sending troops to North Korea right now. I don't think we'd even wait in regards to... Uh, that so I think uh, watching uh, how Donald Trump dealt with uh, 
the North Korea situation. I don't support it, by the way. I think, uh, you know, if I was giving, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un a uh, nice, uh, you know, um, uh, warm reception as far as I'm concerned in these summits, I think that was a, I think that was a huge mistake in that regard. I think he made him look like a fool in front of the whole world. As far as I'm concerned, but uh, I think Hillary Clinton's uh, way that she would have dealt with it with all those war hawks surrounding her, and believe me, there's oh, there's plenty of them, and uh, with the arms industry and things like that, I think they would have found a way going like that. But you know, in regards to Jim Baker and basically what he's saying, like, oh hey, the uh, all the leaders and all the politicians that the, all these Christian leaders are all suddenly going to start getting killed, like you know, God told you that, and like you know, what kind of crazy paranoid world do you live in, Jim Baker? As far as I'm concerned, like, you know, they're pretty much the, you know, uh, Christians hold a, a very powerful, uh, has a very powerful hand, pretty much, in American politics. And, um, you know, the vast majority of Americans in that country are Christian. I don't think they're going to have anything to worry about if, a, if another Democrat runs in. Like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of be, a lot of Christians made it through the Obama administration. Uh, and as far as I'm aware, you know, Obama did not uh, do any any persecution towards, you know, rounding up uh, Christian, um, you know, priests and things, you know, any Christian religious figures. He, you know, I kind of missed out the, the point when Obama rounded them all, all up and got them killed. You know, I kind of missed that one there, you know, Baker boy. And so, you know, this guy is such a scam artist. He, he does these, he does this show... And it's pretty much QVC on steroids, I think, at one point, because he was, like, showing off all this stuff that, you know, he wanted everyone to buy, and, like, he was, like, doing some kind of offer or something like that, and, like, it was, like, some kind of feed or something like that, some kind of end-of-the-world feed, like, uh, you know, like, and this thing as well, a lot of the things that I that come across in my, in my, in my radar in regards to Jim Baker, it's always end-of-the-world, you know, apocalypse scenario shit. And, like, I'm just, like, thinking, like, uh, you know, this guy's, is this guy, I, again, I, I tweeted about this, you know, Jim Baker is not running a church, he's running a paranoid death cult. Pretty much. Like, uh, there's, there is no evidence to suggest that Donald Trump losing the presidency will result in the deaths of Christian leaders and Christian politicians. None. At all. If anything, uh, Christian politicians and, um, and leaders probably haven't had it so good. In regards to this, I mean, look at all the abortion laws that have been passed left, right, and center. You know, there's a fact there might even be a significant challenge to Roe v. Wade. Jim Baker doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And all the, you know, all the geriatrics that surround him. You know, in regard, and all the, uh, you know, the people who uh, are far too old to, uh, you know, uh, remember what they did last week. Who follow this guy and, and willingly hand over the money to him. It's a joke. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, Jim Baker should not be taken seriously in this. As far as I'm concerned. The world is not going to end when Donald Trump leaves the presidency. As far as I'm concerned. If anything, I think the world's more likely to end with Donald Trump being in the presidency. Or pretending that he's president. As far as I'm concerned. Um, let's move on to this clip. It is, uh, this is a, BBC Question Time is a, uh, you know, is a, a, basically a, a panel debate show. It features uh, politicians, it features uh, people from very influential backgrounds, um, artists, sometimes comedians, uh, various people. There was a recent episode of the show uh, which aired last week on June 20th, and so I'm going to play this clip, and I tell you what, there is nothing really that I can fault in uh, what uh, she says here. So I'm going to play this clip, and I'm going to shut up for about a minute and a half, so uh, let, me tell you, let me play this clip for you now. Over 20 years ago, when this postcode war started, this has been going on from 98, 99, and people were sat round tables talking about it then. It's now spiraled out of control and you're still sitting down talking. What is it gonna take for the MPs to sit down and say something's gotta be done? Is it gonna be your son or your daughter that's gonna be killed for you to deal with it? We are fed up of seeing our parents crying. We're fed up of it. We're not supposed to be as adults. We are not supposed to be burying our children. Our children are supposed to be burying us. And I've got 14 grandchildren and I am so scared, 
So scared. Not only London, this is happening in Manchester, it's happening in Birmingham, it's happening up and down the UK. The only place who has really taken up a stance to say that they are gonna do something about it Scotland. is Scotland. Yes. They have got off their backsides yes. and done something, yes. and you lot ain't doing nothing. And this is what I'm working for to pay my tax to sit down and watch you lot every year take a £2,000 pay rise when people are out there suffering. Your own soldiers are sleeping on the street that went and served in the war and they're sleeping on the street and they're homeless. You lot don't give a damn about nobody other than yourselves. There's nothing I can fault in what she said. Our homeless, you know, our homeless vet- veterans are on the streets. They're not getting the proper support that they need. Uh, knife crime is spiraling, uh, is spiraling out of control in some places. Not everywhere, I'll accept that. There are some places where, you know, people aren't going around carrying knives. But to say that it's not a problem, I think is uh, significantly naive for someone to say that. Yeah, it does. we do have some significant problems in this country, and I think there should be some solutions for that and uh, do I believe it means like you know stopping every single person in the street who might be black you know and uh, might potentially be uh, uh, considered a criminal and uh, that's carrying a knife no that's not the way to go about it I think that's a really stupid way of going about it and uh, that's something that we should really consider not considering doing at all but uh, to say that uh, you know we should just turn a blind eye to it Scotland uh, has done significant um, um, significant things to bring down knife crime, and I think so. You know, lessons from Scotland, I think, uh, would be much needed at this point. Instead of sneering at them because you know uh, some of their politicians want you know independence because of, you know bullshit Brexit, but uh, um, you know, again, like uh, you know, you know, the fact that there are parents in this country and no parent should ever bury their child ever. It's a it's a disgrace that. We even if that if that if we ever make that commonplace because we really have failed our generation if that's the case. So you know my my heart goes out to that woman because you know her fourteen grandchildren you know the fact that she's even considering even going crossing her mind that you know some of those fourteen children might not even make it to you know uh, get out of school or you know get their first job or even you know get to the point where they even get married. The fact that he, that even crosses her mind, should, that's something that shouldn't even cross your mind when you have a small child. You you, you, you should be celebrating the fact that they're going to grow up and, uh, you know, hopefully make something of themselves. So, yeah, I, I fold nothing in what she said there, so. And uh, something tells me that so we might be playing that clip again somewhere in the future. As far as I'm concerned. Uh, moving on to more uh, brighter things, um, Fro- Frozen 2. So uh, that's coming up around the corner at some point, and uh, I keep forgetting what the uh, release date is. And uh, I've got to be honest with you, it's uh, it's something I'm kind of like is there in my mind, but I'm not you know counting down the days or uh, counting down the uh, the minutes or the seconds of when it's actually going to come out. I do have a friend who does, and so uh, I know that I'll be hearing quite a lot about that in um, you know when it finally gets released. But uh, you know, my, my my friend at work has uh, a healthy collection of um, of um, Frozen knickknacks on his desk, and uh, so well, uh, that's uh, something to uh, yeah. I think I'm definitely gonna be hearing about Frozen too uh, when it when it finally comes out. But uh, you know, there was a mistake that uh, was picked up by our uh, uh, one of our favorite artists, and uh, this was from and I'm just going through the Twitter feed because I did do a retweet of this. It's one of the former Hey Arnold, hey Arnold storyboard artists, and uh, he basically said that uh, there is a mistake in the poster. And uh, he says it's a very amateurish mistake, by the way. And uh, when this was brought up by uh, a professional, and uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, so he basically said this about it: uh, visual tangents on Disney's Frozen 2 poster. Uh, Elsa's braid ends at the point touching the edge of the line of Anna's back. Uh, Anna's fingertips are nearly touching the edge of Elsa's dress. Tisk tisk. You should know better. Disney ta- Disney tangents are villains. So tangent alert, and you can see there that uh, you know the uh, yeah there's it seems a bit out of place, but so uh, you know they're so far in the background. By the way, um, you know in the poster if you actually look at it, like uh, the, it kind of reminds me of Brave, 
which uh, isn't a great thing, really. So he continues, um, having worked on Disney... Pro By the way, this is Steve uh, Loudweight. I forgot to say, say to you, everybody, so sorry about that, Steve. Um, having worked on Disney posters, I can tell you that it was likely composited by artists in marketing, uh, placing separate pose poses of the characters together, uh, marketing-like assets to move around for different needs. Uh, though he says in brackets, uh, though I could be wrong about this for this poster. If Anna and Elsa were not initially if it, if Anna and Elsa were not initially designed together, then it would be difficult to avoid uh, tangents uh, when overlapping their poses. The relationship between their faces and bodies would simply outweigh minor tangents uh, that arise during composition. So, uh, and if I, for those of you who do know what a tangent is, he did actually describe this. He said, uh, some people explain tangents in the thread. Uh, please take a look. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, find that tweet on my Twitter feed, uh, you can find out what a tangent is. So, uh, from a uh, professional storyboard artist, so a uh, background designer, sorry, for Disney animation. So, um, so uh, yeah, I just think that, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the marketing machine, again, you know, with Frozen is going to go into overdrive at some point, And unfortunately, they're going to be you know, pumping out this material. And uh, so, yeah, that would be surprising. But, you know, like, official Disney, you know, releases, you know, of things like this, you know, come on, guys. You know, you should be doing a far better job than that. Especially when, you know, professional artists are, are picking you up on this, guys. You know, come on. So. Uh, moving over to DreamWorks, uh, Trolls World Tour. Uh, the, we, we definitely got the uh, release of the latest trailer. And so... Um, I'm going to take a small peek at this, and actually, you, I can't actually take a good look too much about this, but uh, um, in regards, because actually I just realized actually has copyright music on it, so uh, I think uh, we can definitely take maybe a small peek of it, and uh, I can basically tell you what uh, basically happens in it. So uh, let me just see if I can uh, get this up for uh, everybody to see. So uh, we obviously we get this, um, in the beginning we get this... Uh, the this other troll that obviously is uh, designed to uh, you know be this uh, metal troll or rock troll if you will and so um, it looks like the premise of this new trolls movie is going to be that we have it's not just basically this one group of trolls that we saw in the first film apparently there are uh, several other trolls there's like rock trolls hip hop trolls uh, dance trolls things like that and so um that is basically is going to be the idea of world tour is that they're going to get them all together because uh, rock the rock trolls want to basically take over the whole uh world uh with uh and get all the basically get all these strings uh to uh basically take over all of music in uh in the world and uh but to be honest with you uh, i kind of find it very hard to see these people as the villains because as someone who is a me absolute metalhead and someone who's recently um, you know, going through Spotify to uh, expand expand on his ACDC collection, I can guarantee you, I think you know who I'm going to root for in this movie. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if um, it means that, you know, Rock is going to take over the world, then I'm all for it, as far as I'm concerned. But don't get me wrong, like, I did uh, music at GCSE level, so I have an, uh, an appreciation for all sorts of music genre, And uh, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, um, rock is my thing, and metal is my thing, you know, for Defo, but uh, there's obviously other things that are really cool about it as well, but as far as I'm concerned, that's our, um, you know, that's our premise of this movie, that apparently we're going to be expanding the troll universe, if you will, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm, uh, I'm really surprised we're seeing another Trolls movie, as far as I'm concerned, so, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just it's. Uh, I guess Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake need a need a uh, another payday, I guess. So, uh, but uh, you know, they, and also it being a DreamWorks film, we will be putting it in Dream Machine in uh, for me and Patricia. No doubt that's going to be coming through the front. But as far as I'm concerned, it's another episode of the show of uh, Dream Machine, which I'm not really looking all that much forward to because you know the first Trolls movie I thought was just you know no, it was it just didn't do it for me as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not looking forward to a sequel. Well, there is a movie I'm looking forward to, and now we're going to switch gears. Uh, Pixar is uh, recently announced the um, uh, the that Soul is going to be the uh, movie that's going to be coming after Onward as a the next Pixar film, and so that's going to be uh, really fun to know. And uh, apparently, the uh, mind you, the the, the discuss, this discussion of Soul had me a little bit intrigued, and because uh, I mean, when they made the announcement, I mean, keep this in mind. They haven't actually made a um, like an official synopsis, uh, synopsis, and they haven't actually said 
um, basically what giving too much information about this. Basically, all right we know right now is uh, that it's just a logo, just called Soul. So uh, I'm actually trying to find the um, official blurb on this, and so um, so they're given a Soul. And alongside the artwork published on their Facebook page, the uh, studio gave a vague outline of the uh, film story, basically writing, uh, One year from today, Pixar Animation Studios will take you on a journey from the streets of New York City to the uh, cosmic realm to discover the answers of life's most important questions. Disney and Disney's Pixar, uh, Disney and Pixar's soul arrives in theaters in June 19th of 2020. So... Uh, um, no one knows who's starring in it yet, and uh, but uh, I was trying to find the uh, the official line of it actually, and uh, so I'm just trying to have a look for that now for, as we speak. But uh, you know, I'm really glad that Pixar at the moment are actually going through um, a kind of like a, a, a doing original stories at the moment, and you know, I still feel like there's still a few sequels I would actually love to see. I would like to see a sequel to Ratatouille, and I would like to see a sequel to Inside Out. I think uh, those are definitely um, sequels. I think I would definitely like to. Uh, to, to go forth on but uh, so yeah here, here's the here's the line i wanted to give you on this and that is that uh, uh they say ever wonder where your passion your dreams and your interests come from what what is it that makes you you that's interesting to say the least and i'll uh, be interested to see how pixar go with this because this is done by the same guy who did inside out so as far as i'm concerned uh, yeah um give us what you got you know, I said Pixar do these amazing show, do these amazing movies, and uh, I obviously, obviously look forward to every single one of them when uh, we get one announced, uh, with the exception of Cars. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know why Cars movies still exist, but that, that's still a thing. But uh, you know, Onward and Soul look interesting, and uh, I'm interested to see what they do with Soul. As far as I'm concerned, but uh, you know, um, Onward. Mm, I don't know, like, I just feel like with Onward, and uh, I'm not so sure if Patricia would either agree or disagree with me on this, but I feel like after we've been through, you know, Steven Universe and Star and the Forces of, versus the Forces of Evil and Adventure Time, it just feels like Onward kind of like is feeling, it's kind of like going on that trend of those type of like, you know, outward fantasy kind of like, you know, stories. That's, but that's just me. You know, if anyone wants to disagree with me on that, then I'm much welcome to see that. But as far as I'm concerned, Right now, looking forward to uh, Soul and seeing what they bring with that. And uh, me also, but still, you know, even though I feel like it's uh, clasping onto a trend, I feel like I'm looking forward to Onward as well. So that's my only concern. To close things out, um, Kel Mitchell of uh, Keenan and the Kel fame, uh, currently going to be going towards uh, doing all that, uh, the revival uh, with their exciting new younger cast. Um, he's made the announcement that he's going to be opening a good burger restaurant. And so, uh, for those of you who do not know, there was a movie called Good Burger after the, um, um, the All That Sketches, and uh, now apparently he's going to be releasing a burger restaurant uh, to, uh, I guess, maybe to maybe promote All That, or maybe. I guess that's the motivation behind it, but uh, I guess also that uh, I guess he's uh, passionate about doing these types of things, and... Uh, you know, um, all power to him, but I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like the, uh, the. I mean, what is it going to be like the show? If you enter this place, like, there's going to be like uh, people who just don't know what they're doing and not be able to serve you your food properly. Like, that's not. I mean, that's not necessarily a great premise for a restaurant, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I don't see the novelty of that of like just giving bad service in a fast food restaurant. I mean, when you can definitely just get quicker service going to a McDonald's or going to a Burger King. But uh, yeah, it's all that as well. It's fast food. So like, uh, it's you know, it's just it's uh, another fast food place in an Amer- in America, which is you know part of the course as far as uh, America is concerned. Not to say that we don't. Have our fast food places here in the UK, but uh, I mean, I can't see how a uh, good burger is going to stand out besides the name and besides, you know, who's the face on it. But um, yeah, I'm up to be proved wrong, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, I really hope, you know, for Kel's sake, it is going to be, a, you know, it is going to be a success and uh, that he's going to make something of it. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, this, uh, I just feel like this strikes the wrong tone, I think, for the American consumer. I think it also strikes. Uh, I, I mean, it's funny as a show, but as a real-life place, I don't really know if that's something I really want to really visit, to be quite honest with you. As well as, well, like, we've had various, um, I mean, do you remember when Friends was on on top, and, like, there was literally, like, a central perk 
like then on every corner like they, these 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 coffee places just kind of like sprung up and they were basically based on the tv show friends pretty much and then when friends got cancelled and then they get a couple of years later all these places just died out as far as i'm aware like i mean i could be wrong but i mean let me know if there's a central perk out there which i is still open pretty much you know after the days of friends after the heyday of friends but you know there was also well what, i know i know these don't technically count but you know wwf new york you know that was based on the wrestling uh show uh you know there was the also there was the nitro grill when wcw was around as well and those places closed down pretty quickly as far as i'm concerned you know that, that wwf new york then later became a uh a, a hard rock cafe you know another one of those you know many hard rock cafes are around and also um um, you know, I don't know what happened to the Nitro Grill, I don't know what that became after that, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, these, so these places are open, but then they don't last, and so, uh, they're not really long-lasting places, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it makes sense if he was really, I, I don't know if he's like, you know, again, I don't know the location of these, where these good burgers are going to be placed, but, uh, I mean, you know, um, let's just hope that, uh, you know, there's something, you know, it's something that might be positive for, uh, you know, Kel to, uh, to latch on, or else is, you know, if not, then it's just going to be, you know, a failed experiment. Which uh, would be quite sad. But, uh, we are slowly coming to the end of our hour and uh, coming to the end of the show. Uh, you know, these usually kind of like go like way beyond an hour, and uh, I do admit that. But uh, you know, really, I like to kind of bro- kind of broadcast for an hour because you know I know I don't like taking up too much of your time, pretty much. And like you know, I'm, I'm here for your hour, and then after that, you can do whatever you want, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah. So, yeah, that's our first broadcast from, uh, kind of our beta broadcast, I guess you could say, from uh, our new Arrow Meta Show studio. And uh, so, I guess I should talk about a bit more about why we decided to move from, you know, our smaller place down to, a, you know, a larger place. So, a larger place now allows us to basically have guests, live guests on the show. Not to say that Nick uh, wasn't one of our live guests on the show, but uh, he was kind of parked to the corner and kind of boxed into the corner of the room and wasn't really all that too much involved. And I had to kind of like keep turning my head around from the camera to... Uh, to do that. Now we don't have that problem anymore because basically we've gone back. We've we've come away from YouTube and we've gone back to our original format. But uh, you know, in regards to um, you know, uh, get you know, getting some more excitement in the show. You know, I'm having having live guests on the show. You know, Philly. You know, right now I'm on a table with uh, four of the chairs. You know, all decorated. With, also all decorated with Preston North End scarves on them, by the way. So, uh, and uh, oh, by the way, uh, we've got some exciting. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Victor's coming up for Preston North End too, so I'm hoping that I'm going to be starting attending games again uh, for the uh, for the pre-match pre-season warm-up, and then obviously going into the new season. So uh, you know, it's uh, got already already got the scarves out for that. You know, so it's uh, pretty cool in that regard. But uh, you know, we've got four chairs right now. I'm hoping that we're going to have uh, you know four microphones in front of them. We're going to have like the whole place soundproofed. We're going to have the whole place. Uh, done up for broadcast and uh, so it's going to be um, so it sounds a lot better and uh, it's uh, going to feel a lot better and also we'll have you know all the technology for like uh, you know doing all sorts of streaming and things like that and so you know I'm uh, I'm really excited about this and I really hope you're all going to be excited about it too because uh, Patricia is definitely excited about it because now she's going to be uh, you know hopefully one and one day I really hope that we're going to have Patricia here in the studio so uh that's one thing I'm I'm really aiming for at one point, but so you know we we hopefully soon now uh, when we finally get up and roaring and uh, we get things going, uh, we are going to have um you know uh, uh, you know we're going to have basically the Aramesa show be a, a lot times bigger, and I uh, hope you all you guys are going to be around for that when that happens. So, uh, but until then, we reach uh, nearly about uh, 58 minutes into the show, so I think we'll probably end things here. By the way. Uh, if you've not heard this at the beginning of the show and uh, you want to hear this at the end, so uh, it's uh, all our social media places. If you're on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Arrow Show. If you're on Twitter, it's uh, twitter.com forward slash Arrow Show or at Arrow Show, if you will. Uh, if, you, if you're if you on Tumblr, it's uh, arrowmeta.tumblr.com and also you can follow us there too. On Instagram, it's at Arrow Show. That's A-R-U-N-M-E-H-T-A-S-H-O-W on Instagram too. And also, if you want to find us on all our podcasts, places and so if you want to find us all on uh, where where you might be where you can listen to a podcast whether it's on your phone whether it's on your tablet whether it's on your laptop whether it's uh, wherever um, if whatever these apps uh, can be found you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, which obviously is on your iphone your ipad or whatever you can listen to us on Castbox, which is on both I- ios and android overcast radio public stitcher 
Pocket, Pocket Casts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, Podcast Addicts, and tune in. And also, I believe it should be on Radio.com, I think, at some point. And uh, also, we're trying to get onto our cast as well. So, uh, if we get on a cast, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, you know, I'm sure we'll work on uh, getting that sorted out. But uh, until then, keep listening to us here on Liberated Syndication. This has been the Aramata Show for the 24th of June of 2019. Thank you very much for checking out the show. And also, hopefully, we'll have Patricia back next week. And also, don't forget, keeping this in mind, we'll have a very exciting uh, episode for Pix uh, Mix right now. And unfortunately, it's not yet the Toy Story 4 uh, review. We've definitely got that coming back up. We'll definitely let you know about that too. But so we'll be actually reviewing something uh, Toy Story related. And so that's pretty exciting. So we'll definitely get you involved with that. But until then, this has been the Aaron Meta Show. And uh, we will definitely see you next week. And so from all of us here, uh, the brand new location here for the Aaron Meta Show Studio. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. And bye for now. See you later. God bless.